This is episode number 305. How do you meet your own needs with Nejwa Zabian? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your full potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. The first announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a series of conversations that take place every single Saturday where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of grief, resilience, gratitude, and many other topics. If you feel that this is of interest to you, please consider joining us on any given Saturday and sharing your own perspectives and opinions as it relates to each and every single topic. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show. If our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. Nejwa, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thanks for being a part of it. And thank you for bearing with me with my technical difficulties and, you know, some technical difficulties on your end. It's, I always make a joke about this because I feel like regardless of where I've been, whether it's in US or in Europe or now in Africa, there's always something. And, and whenever yeah. I feel like everything's going to go, quote unquote, according to the plan, life teaches me otherwise. Life shows me that, hey, there is no plan this is the circumstances that you're dealt and there's no other way to go around it. So I always find it interesting people who are able to find humor around some of these things, because, you know, as much as you and I want to control our circumstances, I, I don't know which aspects we can really control. So it's, it's, it's fascinating to um, come across people like that, but I'm glad we're able to connect because I, I wanted to have this conversation with you around needs and I know mm-hmm. the question that you and I discussed in particular at the beginning was how can we realistically meet our needs or can we even do it to begin with? And I mm-hmm. figured that maybe the best way to even start this conversation is by addressing the question to begin with. Do you believe it's even possible to realistically address all of our basic needs to begin with? Yeah, that's something that I, you know, I've been reflecting on this for a while, especially since I started talking about, you know, how important it is to build a home within and to be the first person that you go to when you're going through a hard time or be the first person that you go to when you need love or you need attention or you need connection. And so I always get this question of like, but don't we need people? Like, is it enough that we build a home within? And so, you know, I I have been thinking about that because in my mind, every time 
I feel like I need something or know that I need something and someone isn't able to meet that for me. The first place I go to in my mind is, well, it's no one's responsibility to meet your needs. You can meet your own needs. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. but I can't meet every single one of them. I can't meet my need for connection by myself. Mm -hmm. What I mean, Mm -hmm. like there are certain things that you do need another person to participate in meeting that need for you, especially when it comes to connection, especially when it comes to conversations where you feel heard and seen and validated, especially when it comes to anything that involves another human being. So then I started thinking like, well, so why do I go to that narrative then? Because it feels good at first when you tell yourself, well, it's no one's responsibility to meet your needs. Mm. You can meet your own needs. It feels good, right? But that's just, it's feeding that ego story that you have that is, see, you can't depend on anyone. Mm. No one will ever love you for who you are. And you maybe, maybe the story is you don't deserve to have someone prioritize you or see you or hear you or love you and so it soothes that but it doesn't really meet that need at Mm. all it's just we use it as a defense mechanism to say well I don't need anyone because if we actually admit that we do that makes us feel vulnerable in in with a negative connotation with Mm -hmm. I guess that we see it or it makes us feel weak in some way to, to admit, you know, it's kind of like, well, I don't need you. I don't need anyone. You know, when you hear people say that, you know, it's mm-hmm. coming from a place of hurt. It's not coming from a place of um, like, you don't say it that way when you're fully in acceptance with it. You, you don't even say it. You, you live by it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, those people that you meet who you could just tell they have that aura of being just very calm, very peaceful. They don't really, they're not hyper reactive to anything really. They take their time with things. Like, so when you feel that you are self-sustaining in so many ways and that you are content with the way that your life is, you don't really have to say that. You you live that and it comes across, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I kind of went on, you know, <laughs> that's usually how my brain goes, though. That's that's the thought process. And I think that's what people like about my writing is it starts at a certain point and then it takes you to where usually the root of the problem is, which, like I said, in this case, it's what's that story that I tell myself about myself. And so when I say I can meet my own needs, that's a that's a defense mechanism against admitting that we do need people mm-hmm. we do that's just how we are born if we were meant to be alone for the rest of our lives then we wouldn't be born with that hardwired need to connect with others mm-hmm. so realistically we can meet our basic needs of you know hearing ourselves to the extent that we can and seeing ourselves to the extent that we can and loving ourselves to the extent that we can and so what that would prepare us for is 
that we aren't basing how worthy we are of being heard or seen or loved or respected on someone else's decision of of how worthy we mm. are mm-hmm. right so you can meet those needs of like knowing what you deserve and and knowing what truth you've lived and being so you know strong and and uh, like grounded in that truth and that prepares you to not abandon yourself to be defined by others or to be fully dependent on others so that's my answer to that question that's with where I am now I don't know if you have any comments on that or if you had any thoughts come to mind as I was answering it I've had similar realizations in my life I think one thing that I realized was when I was younger I definitely had the tendency to think that I could accomplish things on my own and I didn't I didn't need other people in my life in order to actually manifest the life that I wanted I think part of it had to come from the elements that you described, the fear component. I think the other part came from the fact that I didn't know how to ask for help when I needed help. I didn't know how to ask myself for help. I didn't know how to ask other people for help. I think Mm -hmm. in asking for help, I've learned that it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. It requires me to become vulnerable myself, to become vulnerable with Mm -hmm. other people. And then from that point on, I, the more I started to open up, the more I began to realize that no man is an island, that every single person is somehow connected in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really started to believe in that more and more and practice it, I think, more importantly. And, and I'm really curious when it comes to your own personal experience, whether that's from childhood or the latest years that you might have had. What helped you see this? What helped you see the this principle that you do need other people? That yes, you might have the drive and the persistence to step into action and to actually spearhead a lot of the things that you want in life. But at the end of the day, you can only so open so many doors, right? You have to have other mm-hmm. people along the journey who open other doors for you that you may not even know exist. So I'm curious mm-hmm. in your life, what helped you see the fact that you do need other people? Was it your parents? Was it someone else that, was it a book that you read that helped you understand the importance behind this? I think it was a, it was really a compilation of all of that, that led me to a point where I realized that I do need people. I think my whole life, I felt just not worthy of being held on to by anyone, not worthy of being prioritized by anyone. And yes, my childhood experiences did validate that assumption for me and that belief for me. And so I lived from that belief my whole life. And and it's not that I lived with that belief thinking I don't need people. I lived with that belief that I don't deserve to be held on to, that I don't deserve Mm. to be loved, but I always felt that I needed that and like not just wanted it. I felt like I needed it because something was missing. And so like something always felt like it was missing. And the, the moments where I felt my best were moments when someone showed me love in some Mm -hmm. way, someone showed me that I, 
matter or that I am a priority, which was very, very rare. But I held on to those moments for dear life. Like I would just think about them when I needed to feel good. And, you know, when that pain of feeling like I wasn't important to anyone or I wasn't worthy of love became so excruciating, that's what led me to realizing that what I had been doing all my life was building my sense of who I am and my worth outside of me. And so, because I didn't know what I deserved and I didn't know what I was worth at all. To me, it was all based on someone needing me, someone wanting me, someone loving me, someone like, when I say needing me, I mean, I could do something for them Mm. that makes their life easier or so I would just overwork myself and I'm a people pleaser. And mm. this day I have to, you know, break that pattern when I know. Welcome it's to the club. Right. <laughs> I feel like you would be that way too. So I have to actively stop myself and say, uh, am I doing this or am I thinking about doing this out of wanting to prove to that person that I deserve their love or that I deserve something from them or to prove to myself that I deserve something just because I feel like if I don't do then I don't deserve Mm. and it should be that way so I have to stop myself and remind myself that yes you do things for the people you love out of love for sure you do like no one's going to Sometimes it happens, but nobody's going to just love you for you just existing and not being an active participant in their life in some way where it's like you're present with them, you you see them, you hear them, you love them. So obviously those are those are core needs in any kind of relationship, not just romantic ones, but but you don't have to constantly be overexerting yourself and putting that person as the number one priority in your life for you to deserve to be in their life Mm -hmm. like that's what people pleasers do is they they put that one person or maybe everyone ahead of them because they feel selfish if they put themselves first so in welcome home I talked about that in the self-love chapter where I say you know, I ask the person who's reading to reflect on, you know, who's your most loved one, or who are your most loved people, two or three people, who are they? And I, I, you know, imagine what kind of place they have in your life. Now put yourself beside them, because whether you like it or not, you should be your most loved one in your life. And it doesn't mean that you're full of yourself or that you're selfish. It just means that you will not treat yourself less than you would treat someone that you love. Mm -hmm. And so what many of us do is we do that to ourselves and then expect the ones that we are loving to do the same in return. And when we don't, when when they don't do that, we feel betrayed. We feel like, well, I've done all of this for you and I deserve that in return. But it's like, do you really feel that you deserve it? Because if you did feel like you deserved it, you would give it to yourself. You wouldn't wait on someone to give it to you. So 
yeah, after coming to that realization that I didn't have a sense of who I was, I was just constantly overexerting myself so that others would see me as worthy. But I didn't think, I didn't believe I was worthy. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for someone to see me that way in hopes that them seeing me that way would mean that I am that way, Mm -hmm. worthy. Mm -hmm. And so when I came to that realization, I was like, okay, so what does a home within look like? Because yeah, I'm looking for that feeling of home, that feeling of welcome. Like in welcome home, I say home is not a physical place. It's a place where you feel like you are loved and heard and seen and valued for who you are. You could just show up as you are and not feel like you have to do or be anything other than yourself to be loved and welcomed. And so I'm like, so how do I do that for myself? How do I take that feeling that I'm hoping to find in others, not just in people, but also in my university degrees and in my career and in my, because that's, you know, as long as I get there, that means I'm, I feel good, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but I don't feel good on my own. So how do I do that? So I started thinking, what are elements that we look for in other people like love and forgiveness and compassion and and why don't I take those elements and have them within for myself so that when I do need love instead of going to someone to get that love I come to myself first and say what do you need right now is -hmm. there anything that you need to be doing to make yourself see that you deserve your own love like the love that you so easily give to others you deserve it first and if you're giving it to others at the expense of giving it to yourself that's not love and you are not coming from a place of self-love so yeah I listed all those elements and thought I need to build that within and once I did that's when questions like the one that you and I started this conversation with came about, like, can I, can I, if I build a home within, am I just good for the rest of my life? Do I not need people? No, you do need people. But there's a difference between needing people for you to feel like you are someone, like you deserve a good life and a happy life, and needing people to like meet you where you are with your independence and with your authenticity Mm -hmm. and with your so that you don't have to change who you are to be loved by someone so that you could say if they love me then I must be lovable Mm -hmm. you know yeah do you feel like you're at home right now do you think you have found that home for yourself yes I do feel like I'm at home and and to anyone listening, I think people think you get to that point and you're done. You don't have to deal with anything. You just, you're at home. That means you're going to make every right decision for yourself. You're never going to abandon yourself. That's not the case because we are human beings. And being at home with ourselves is a practice. It's not just, yes, you reach that state where now it becomes like, I'm operating with a new mindset now. I'm operating from a place of being at home with myself 
which means that I would never intend to abandon myself. But if I notice myself falling into an old pattern or falling into any kind of behavior that I know, you know how you sense in your gut that you are about to pretend to be someone you're not or pretend to believe something that you don't believe or whatever it is just to be perceived by someone else as different than who you are. When you sense that, you stop yourself. And if you sense it too late because you were taken by emotion or you were taking a certain risk or whatever it is, you have the trust in yourself that you can self-correct and say, just be aware and say, you know what? In that moment with that decision, I, I abandoned myself. And instead of beating myself up and feeling ashamed, like something's wrong with me, I'm going to forgive myself just like I would forgive someone if they had wronged me in some way. So mm. one of the chapters in Welcome Home, it's actually right after self-love, it's forgiveness. And I talk about self-forgiveness and forgiveness of others. So in a state of being at home with yourself, you give yourself everything that you, you also give to everyone else around you, including mm. love, forgiveness, and all of that. And so being in a state of at-homeness at, at with myself when I do notice myself drifting away from myself, even if it means just telling myself, like actually saying it out loud, which I hear myself say that all the time, stop. I just tell myself, stop, like out loud. And it's like, I'm speaking to myself with the words that I need to hear right now. And, and it helps me stop whatever path I'm, I'm diverting on that's leading me away from myself. Or sometimes I, you know how we all have that one tape that just replays itself in our minds. Yes. Like, I call it the on- New, York, New York Times bestseller, only if it's <laughs> put down on paper. Right? <laughs> Perfect story. Yeah, it's like you have it memorized, it re- repeats itself you make a little mistake you say oh what's wrong with you why does this always happen Mm -hmm. why that is one of the things that has completely changed for me I used to hear that tape all the time I don't hear it anymore now it's it's a positive one now it's one that reminds me of my value and my worth and reminds me to be compassionate with myself and reminds me to show like I would say one of my best assets, the things that I, I embrace the most about myself is my empathy. Like if I see you tear up, my heart hurts. I'm just that kind of person. I can feel with you. Like I can step into whatever you're going through. And so part of that tape now that plays itself in my mind reminds me to show myself the empathy that I show others. And it's, it's life-changing. It really is. Because instead of, I can't empathize with you and judge you at the same time. I simply can't. I can't empathize with myself and judge myself at the same time. And that tape that used to play in my head was a constant judge. Like, how could you do this? And how could you be this? And see, this always happens. And I don't speak to myself that way anymore. And that's one of the biggest blessings since 
deciding, you know, I am my own home and I'm coming home to myself at every opportunity that I can. That really changed for me. You know, I can relate to so much of what you just described. So I, I started this trip four months ago and I actually started it with the Camino. I hiked, hiked from Lisbon, Portugal, all the way up to Spain. Mm-hmm. And there was a mo- moment within that trip where I had a similar realization about this concept of home. And I was asking myself this, this question of what does home mean to me and how do I know when I have reached it? And yeah. what I realized was that it's, it's much less about the physical location of it, but it's more about the feeling that I have internally. Like I, I could feel at home, yes. in, even in the most quote unquote, uncomfortable situations, I could feel at home while yeah. being in a room of complete strangers. And what I've, what I've come to, as far as the conclusion goes, when it comes to that home is the feeling of complete acceptance, the sense of belonging. But I also find it interesting in, in what you mentioned when it comes to being able to adapt a particular identity or personality mm-hmm. and, and also knowing when to let go, knowing that mm-hmm. when you have abandoned your true self in order to fit into a particular shape for that particular mm-hmm. group. I, I find that interesting because I, I've been in situations like that. I can name you numerous times when I was in middle school and in high school many years ago when I had to do that or I felt that I had to do that. Mm-hmm. The danger that I have found was that in, in trying to fit into a specific personality, there were times where it was much more difficult to come back to the true self because yes. then I was known for this and I wasn't known for that. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to be known for that, I had to create a whole other path for people to see me as that. And mm-hmm. I found that, it, I, and I wonder in your case, did you ever experience something like that where you created a particular personality for yourself and you mm-hmm. found it extremely challenging to come back to your true self. And if so, like, what was that journey like? I did go through that. Um, I would say for most of my life, I lived in a way that met the, the standards of my family, my culture, my religion, thinking that is truly who I am. Because being truly who I am was supposed to be what I was taught to be a good person, a good daughter, a good girl, a good woman, whatever it was. And once I started reflecting on like, who, who am I? Like, and, and what do I actually believe in? Then my authentic self started coming to the surface. And it was at such a clash with the way that I was living because the way that I was living was so based in people pleasing. And my true authentic self wanted things to be different. I wanted to live my life in a way that I knew would displease many people around me. And what I had to do there is let go of what people think. Because that's the fear we have. What are they going to think if I change? They're going to think, you know, people tell you all the time, you've changed. Like you used to be (laughs) the kind of person who would pick up your phone at 3 a.m. You used to be the kind of person who would never, ever, ever dress that way. You used to be the kind of person who would never say that you believed that or that you were so like open and accepting of differences. Like you're somebody who was so set in your beliefs and in your ways of living. And when people like we fear people saying things like that to us because there's an element of 
it's like they're trying to guilt you into going back to someone who made them comfortable, who didn't push them to think outside the box in a certain way, because mm. their discomfort is not coming from how open they are to, you know, do you, to the world and to your, to change. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think a part of that has to do with them not wanting to change? Yes. Them mm. not wanting to change them, fearing change them, perceiving that your change says something about them because they somehow attach their reputation, which I also talk about in Welcome Home. Like the word just, it ruled me for so long, like reputation, reputation, reputation. What is reputation? Like you can say my reputation is someone who in the eyes of certain people is a bad person and someone who, you know, changed and and someone who's a disgrace to you know a certain community or family or whatever or you can say my reputation is that I am someone who chose for myself I am someone who woke up one day and said I don't want to live my life for others anymore I want to live it for myself your reputation is what you make it not what people make it I think that's a really important distinction distinguishing factor that I realized between the two is yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because it's taken me many years to actually let go of that weight and what I mean by that weight is the weight of other people's opinions and perspectives of how I should be yeah. living life what I should be doing what I can't be doing see that's you what know. stops you from embracing your authentic self oh, yeah. it's how yeah. it's going to be perceived by others and mm. Yes, I, I understand that that comes from a place of wanting to belong. Mm -hmm. But what happens is if you submit to that, then you're not belonging, you're fitting in. And no yep. one wants to fit in. Like, we do want to fit in, but internally, no, we don't. We really want to be To express ourselves. who we are. Yes, and mm -hmm. to feel like we are fully accepted for who we are. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I found that. And I, I believe it's true among many people that I've spoken with this mm -hmm. desire of wanting to express who they are to the nth degree, but for yes. one reason or another, it doesn't happen for some people. And, and look, let's be honest, even in my case and everything that I've done, and I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for you. But in, even in everything that I've done, there's still probably elements of myself that I choose to suppress due to other people's opinions and viewpoints, because mm -hmm. I've only gotten so far. I've only gotten so far in being able to understand what is X, Y, and Z influenced by, who are the people behind my beliefs, and letting go of some of these slowly. But I also know that there's so much more to go. There's so much more to unpack. There's so much more to uncover. Yes within this whole journey, which goes back to how you and I started this conversation that when you find your home, that's not the end of the road. You just found the concept. You almost, mm. it's almost one of those situations where you scratch at the surface. Yes. But now you know that there's so much more within this concept of acceptance, within the belonging, mm -hmm. within loving yourself. It, you know, it's like an onion. There's, there's one layer after another, after another. And I don't think it, you ever reach the core. I think when you reach the core, in my opinion, that's when the question of what's the point of living actually comes to surface. 
mm-hmm. when you've reached a final destination, then what is life about at that point? And yes. that's why I don't believe, in my opinion, I don't believe anyone can ever reach that. Can ever reach well, the core some people things. might reach it, it for a second or maybe a short period of time, but mm. life is life and you're a human being and you're going to yeah. have, you can't 100% detach from the physical reality. It's just how it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, like I said, I always say, if you build a home within yourself, there's constantly going to be improvements and changes and just like when you buy a house or if you're living in a any kind of space you still have to clean it yeah the daily maintenance bring things into it take certain things out paint it every once in a while buy new furniture bring things that bring you joy take things out that you know welcome people in escort people out it's a very dynamic way of living with the most important part about it is that it is standing on a solid foundation of self-awareness and self-acceptance. As long as you have those two elements, like full self-acceptance, not just of yourself in the moment, acceptance of your whole life up to this point, which takes a lot of work and a lot of Hmm. effort. Some people, the moment they think back to a memory in the past, they fall back into that cycle of judging themselves and shaming themselves and how could I have and I wish that didn't happen and it takes time to get to a point where you're in full acceptance of who you are in the moment and the whole story that brought you to this moment Mm. and to be aware to be aware not just of your surroundings and you know in the moment what your emotions are but also know about yourself what are your triggers what are things that make you uncomfortable and why what are things that you just know you know how sometimes you tell yourself something like I know I shouldn't feel that way I just do I can't (laughs) I can't control it I logically speaking I know I shouldn't feel jealous of this or I know I shouldn't look at someone else's life and compare. I know I can't, but it shouldn't, but, but I can't help it. So part of self-awareness is knowing those things about yourself, because once you bring them into your awareness, then you can do something about them. Right. So as long as you have those two elements, it doesn't matter if your house gets demolished, if your home gets demolished and rebuilt, you're building it on a solid foundation of who you are fully in mm-hmm. full acceptance and in full awareness. And so anytime that you find yourself, you know, the, the many people ask me, like when I, when I tell them, you know, spend your time doing something that you love, they say, but I don't know what I love. I feel good when I'm around people, when I'm doing things for others and when I'm not, then I get bored and I just feel lonely. And so part of discovering who you are is discovering that you actually have the right to have things you like, things you enjoy. Like you give yourself permission to be, to cater to yourself the way that you cater for others. Like sometimes I I look at certain people who are like you know they're 
they have certain preferences of the way they like things organized. And if it's not this way, they freak out and they panic. And I think to myself, I'm not like that in any way. I'm like that when it comes to like, to doing my own work that has nothing to do with anyone else around me. If I walk into a place that's like messy and full of, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I don't think to myself, I can't be okay unless that's well put together. Like, so certain people have certain preferences or about like, you know, the way that they need to look like right now, I just showered and put my hair in a point. Like, yes, I do care about stuff like that, but it's, to me, it's not, it's not the end of the world to not have certain things a certain way. And then sometimes I, I, I tell myself, is that because I genuinely am that kind of person? Or is it because I lived my whole life thinking that the way I like things doesn't matter? And so, so in association, I never even asked myself if I liked certain things or not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So part of discovering who you are is discovering what you like and what you dislike, discovering that you have permission to have those things and to have those preferences discovering what things you enjoy and don't enjoy like being able to have an opinion for yourself you know mm -hmm. you begin with little things like that and and it, it it's it's not the thing itself it's the process of like I said giving yourself permission mm -hmm. that that helps you discover who you are and that helps you once you do get that it's, it's more of a spiritual thing that you feel like you're actually in touch with who you mm. are. Once you get to that point, then, then the awareness when you are abandoning yourself to be loved by others or to be seen by others a certain way, it starts becoming evident to you. So instead of you saying things like, I just, I, I can't handle someone being upset with me right? That's such a, such a big statement to make. I just can't handle someone being upset with me. And you're able to put it in different words. Like when I sense that someone is upset, I immediately take responsibility for the way that they're feeling because my biggest fear is abandonment, for example, or rejection or mm -hmm. Uh, not being welcomed and and to avoid that fear I will do anything and so those are two different ways of saying the same thing yeah you know but one mm -hmm. of them is extremely self-aware and and it can take you somewhere you can change the ending of that story and say but you know I'm not responsible for the way that someone else feels not in a way that's like i'm gonna hurt everyone i can and i'm not responsible for the, mm -hmm. the way they feel i don't mean it that way i mean i know that i've done my best i know that i've done nothing to hurt this person's feelings or you know if i did i apologized i fully acknowledged it and now it's up to them to either give me another chance or not but you're able to draw that separation between how they're thinking and feeling and how at peace you are with yourself and how capable you are of carrying yourself through the day or you know mm -hmm. I feel like we've 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 gotten really deep with this conversation <laughs> <laughs>
yeah. how can pe- how can people learn more about Welcome Home? Where can people find it? And most importantly, where can people connect with you? So Welcome Home is available wherever books are sold. It's on Amazon. It's uh, on uh, at all major bookstores and probably not so major ones. Um, you can also find it in audio because um, I narrated it myself. So if you want to hear my voice as I'm telling the story, you can uh, listen to it on Audible or all other streaming platforms. And um, you can find me if you just search my name, Nejwa Zabian. All of my social media handles are that. My website is nejwazabian.com. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, um, whatever social media you use. And YouTube. I have a bunch of videos on there. Mm. So, yeah. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.